Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Anti-Shuffle podcast, your local rock and metal podcast coming at you live from Saudi, uh, where we cover the local news and the international news. Um, we are your hosts. My name is Abdullah Muzaj, or Abdullah, also known as Muzaj. Uh, and with me as well is Mansoor. Hi, how's it going? We have a lot of stuff to cover today. We have a pretty interesting main topic or the kind of harja uh, or that we picked today is uh, pretty close to our, our, our hearts and it's near and dear to us. So we're pretty excited to get to it. But uh, before that, we have, uh, as always, we have a bit of news to talk about um, from artists like Corey Taylor, from Electro Harmonics. In terms of music reviews and uh, music uh, singles that we're going to be talking about, the stuff we've been listening to, uh, what do we have today, Mansoor? We've got a good one today. We've got uh, new music reviews from bands like Castle Decapitation, Sleep Token, Foo Fighters, King Gizzard, uh, Mutoid Man, and many more. So stick around, guys. It's a good one. Absolutely. And uh, then we're going to, you know, for today's episode, we felt like maybe you guys need to um, know where we're coming from a little bit, uh, so to speak. Uh, so we're going to be talking about our as it stands today, top five bands uh, of all time. Uh, and Definitely. we're going to mention as well um, honorable mentions, of course, because we, we found it really difficult. We had a hard time coming up with this list of top five. Uh, so we had to throw in the honorable mentions. Absolutely. So uh, without any further ado... <laughs> The news. All right. So starting off with this piece of news that you shared, Mansoor, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about this? It's coming out of Pantera, one of my all-time favorite bands. Yeah, same here. Well, I mean, uh, for those who have been living under a rock for the past year or two, uh, Pantera kind of reunited with you know some of the most prominent musicians in the metal scene. Uh, you know, yeah. and and Charlie Benante from Anthrax, and Zach Wild. Uh, so, you know, the, the the reunion has been you know met with much controversy. Uh, you know, the band are are calling it a celebration tour uh, because obviously the one the two founding members of the band, the brothers, the Abbott brothers, have passed away. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, so fans have either being completely for it or completely against it. Uh, you know, Charlie Benante came out and, and said, you know, the decision to, to, to name or to go on under the Pantera moniker wasn't his. It was, uh, I guess, you know, the, the, the other parties in Philip Anselmo and Rex Brown and I think the, the estate of the Abbott brothers. So, you know, uh, this... Yeah, he's just trying to clarify that. I yeah. think he and Zach were more or less uh, hired guns. You know, they were uh, asked to do this, I guess, because they were, you know, obviously good friends with the with the guys from Pantera, but also because you know they're 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 the ones that could nail the songs pretty well. Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, I was really happy when I heard that they're kind of doing a reunion. Um, and going on tour, you know, obviously Pantera's, you know, Far Beyond Driven, Cowboys from Hell, and the Great Southern Trend Kill um, 
are some of the most interesting and and you know formative albums for me as well. Yeah. Um, but um, but I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the live footage of them performing, um, and obviously, I also don't know how I feel about them using the Pantera name. But since they've been given the go ahead by the estate and the owners of the uh, you know the full other members as well. Um, the uh, I mean I guess it's fine, but hey, you know if you're a Pantera fan, I never got to see them live, so I guess this is your only opportunity to kind of see something that's uh, that's kind of a, a, a form of Pantera live. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that, uh, but I, I'm all for it to be honest. I think it's a it's a great uh, way to to pay respect to those uh, you know to to the legacy of the band. Uh, regardless of what went on with, uh, you know, uh, Phil and, and, and Vinny, you know, their, their sort of relationship and how it had soured and everything. I think it's just a great way to honor the legacy. And I would definitely love to go see them live. Um, I, I mean, I've seen some footage online, but it was, you know, badly recorded, badly uh, you know, f- f- some fan uh, crowd, you know, type of uh, footage. Yeah, Pota- so potato, I can't judge. potato camera footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to judge from those kind. I, I, I yeah. try to avoid those kind of uh, uh, clips and stuff, but I would definitely go see them if I have the yeah. chance. I don't know. Part of me is like saying, Phil and Selmo, now he's like willing to kind of put, let bygones be bygones and like come back to the Pantera name and, and tour. After the two most prominent members of this band died, um, and you know, is it just a cash grab, or you're just like, Khalas, you're 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 running out of money, and you and you want to go on tour? And is it also Rex trying to make money because he just got a deal with Gibson, and it's kind of one of the things that they they probably part of the deal they pushed into to, you know, go go on tour and kind of promote this new signature baseline that he has and things like mm. that. I I don't know, like it's. I love Pantera, but like this, I, I was really excited when I heard the news, but then like I kind of just went sour on it and kind of like, ugh, you know, whatever. It's just another, you know, one of our old school idols going back and reuniting again um, in a way that just doesn't feel good, I guess. I don't know. But in anyways, yeah. like I said, if, if, you know, if you're one of those people who are probably a lot of people didn't get the chance to see Pantera live, um, then you know this is, I guess, your the next best thing, and you know you get to see Zach Wild live as well. So yeah, whatever. Anyways, next piece of news here: Electro Harmonics releases a unashamed. I hate this title. Like it's such a stupid <laughs> way of writing things. You know, like uh. it's 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 written. It's it's it feels like it's written by someone who who's just like. Uh, I don't know, far removed from like this world of gear and music and stuff like that. Unashamedly yeah. metal with this new hell melter distortion. And honestly, the name of this pedal as well <laughs> is kind of like, it's like, it feels like a bunch of marketing people in suits got together and they're like, all right, this pedal is heavy. This pedal is, is hardcore. What do we name it? Hell melter, you know, like, ugh, it's just so annoying. It's such an annoying name, but it uh, is, it is. But in any case, and honestly, I don't know how I feel about this as well, because, because all right, so basically, just a very quick uh, history lesson about this, this, this pedal is based on one of the most legendary uh, pedals of all time, and I brought it here with me so that I can show it on camera. 
the uh, heavy metal HM2 by Boss. And this is the Waza Craft Edition. This is the reissue that they did uh, a few years ago. So this pedal basically defined the Swedish death metal uh, uh, scene. Um, you know, a lot of bands from that era, like Entombed, uh, like, um, you know, At The Gates, I guess, as well, you can say, uh, even In Flames to a certain extent. Uh, anyways, a, lo a lot of bands from that era uh, really defined that sound using this pedal. And basically the trick was in it, basically take all the knobs and just set it to 11. And you end up yeah. getting this gnarly chainsaw like sounding tone, which I love, by the way, and I use all the time. Um, and um, what ended up happening, though, is that, OK, fine, this pedal, you know, didn't sell well. By the way, this pedal was not a commercial success and it died off. Uh, they stopped the, the, the boss, like discontinued and stopped making it. But all of a sudden there was like kind of a resurgence of like American hardcore metal bands like trap them, like nails, like um, rotten sound. Um, I don't know, like there's so many bands that started using this tone that a lot of uh, companies started making like clones of them. Uh, even Boss reissued it again, like I said, they made this Japanese uh, made version of it. Um, and honestly, for me, I don't know if I need another one of these. Like I have this pedal, I have Three other pedals that basically do the same thing, but in a different variety. I have one from God City Instruments, which is a, the Kurt Ballou company, but it's a fuzz pedal instead of being a distortion pedal. Anyways, that's my rant. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the, the boss metal zone is, uh, is also... Uh... It's funny because it it's the it, there's a no no song not the metal zone. It. I'll just very qu uh, uh, quickly correct you there. It's not it's not the ah. metal, it's the heavy metal. It's the HM2, heavy metal. The heavy metal. Yeah, it's not the okay. the metal zone is a completely different beast. Uh, okay, because that was like a title of a clutch song, a recent, very recent. Yes, yes, song. a great song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I always thought that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, the the boss pedal and uh, all these kind of pedals. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't own one. Uh, personally, I'd love to. Uh, but this one, yeah, it, the name is a bit campy. It's a bit silly. Uh, but yeah, as you said, it's like, let's go for the, the, the funniest and most campy, you know, brand ever. How can, how can we do that? And they did it. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it plays, to be honest. I mean, I, I need to check out the demos, but I think it's a, it's a funny kind of uh, yeah. piece of news. Yeah, I don't know if you'd be into this pedal because, again, like I said, it does that particular harsh sound. You're like, I know your style of music and it's probably not going to fit there. But however, I'll tell you something. Apparently, if I'm not mistaken, uh, David Gilmore at some point used this pedal, like the HM2. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. To, because it, again, you know, it doesn't have to do that harsh Swedish death metal tone thing. Like you don't have to set the knobs all the way to 12 <laughs> or whatever in order to use it. You can set it up in a way where you'll get a uh, a kind of whatever different types of distortion sounds out of it and uh, apparently David I think you know if I'm not mistaken I remember this we need to we'll need to uh, do a fact check on this but he had it in his repertoire for a while okay so you can get different sounds of it you can get different sounds of it but by and large people buying this pedal and this are expecting a specific type of sound uh, and a specific uh, kind of way of using it but one of the cool things about this it has a built-in gate because if you if you know this sound, if you know this tone, and if you ever used one of these pedals, you know like it generates a lot of noise. So 
Mm. Um, I guess it's pretty cool for $176. It's a bit pricey, but there's a lot of features in there. But uh, I don't know. I would just go with one of the other. Um, I would either go with the original or um, if I already have one, I don't know if I would buy one. I'm not sure if I need one another one in my life. But yeah. anyways, Electro yeah. Harmonix releasing another HM2 clone. I have to say though, I love, uh, I like their their pedals, Electro Harmonix. They have some pretty good oh, yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, general, legendary. Like, they have, yeah, they make great pedals. Yeah, their their fuzz pedals are are are, are legendary and um, you know one of the most sought out after you know pedals as well. So yeah, for yeah, sure, super fuzz man. Who does who who doesn't own one? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Electro Harmonics. Um, Corey Taylor releases a, and I put this piece of news because I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit about this. Corey Taylor uh, just released a new music video for his new song, Beyond, for his uh, upcoming album called CMF2. Do you know what CMF stands for, Mansoor? <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. So, uh, actually, so the first album... Uh, was called, I think, CMFT. Uh, uh, okay, anyway. now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, mother effing Taylor. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. How edgy. Yeah, How yeah, edgy. I know. So, did you listen to this? Did you listen to the this previous album? And did you listen to this song? Uh, no, I haven't. On I listened to this song, but I, I I'm not really. Uh... A big Corey Taylor or Slipknot fan, uh, oh, but okay. I did listen. I did listen to this song. Um, I had the first Slipknot album, but I didn't really continue listening to them. Okay. Uh, personally, so uh, but this, you know, I was surprised because uh, I didn't know uh, Corey Taylor played lead guitar and can solo on the guitar, so that caught me off guard a bit. So excuse my ignorance yeah. when it comes to that, but yeah, I was a bit surprised there. Yeah, I really don't like anything about his personal project. Like this, the previous <laughs> album sucked. Uh, okay. It's just, it, it's just horrible music. It's Corey Taylor trying to make, um, basically trying to be Nickelback, is what I got the sense is yeah. that he's just trying to make accessible like mainstream rock, and yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I I love listening to mainstream rock. There are some mainstream rock bands that I really really enjoy, and I don't mind at all. Uh, but it's just, it's not good. Like, there's nothing good about any of the, the video is super campy and annoying. Um, the songs are really annoying from the previous album. I don't know. I haven't heard anything else from this uh, new album. But man, I, I guess if you're really, really, really into Corey Taylor, you might enjoy it. I mean, his vocal performance is still strong. He's a really good vocalist. Yeah. But the lyrics are campy. The singing and the music is campy. Um, it's just... It's not good. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I can't say much about about it or you know Corey Taylor. I mean, I, I I'll give him credit for having a good stage presence because I've I've seen Stone Sour play live. You know. At oh yeah, day. I was just about gonna ask you like, yeah. do you, so Stone Sour? You're not, you don't yeah. like Stone Sour either. I didn't really uh, attempt to listen to them or you know. Yeah. But maybe I, I heard some good things about them, but. When I've seen them live, they they put on a really really good show. Do you like any new metal, Mansoor? Oh yeah, new so metal. What's your favorite new? Yeah, 
Uh, I, 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 I love the first Korn albums. Um, okay. Deftones like probably as well. Deftones, although I have to say, I don't believe they're, they're new metal. I think the first two albums were kind of new metal, but then they completely switched gears. I mean, yeah. okay. But they're lumped sis- into that, yeah. They're lumped into it. Static yeah. X. Um, okay. System of a Down. Uh, All right. So what, what I was trying to establish down? with that question is that you're not an elitist in, in, in that sense. So it's not yeah. you didn't appreciate Slipknot because just you didn't appreciate that sound, not because you didn't like new metal. No, I, I, I listened to the first Slipknot. I have the first Slipknot album. I thought it was okay at the time. I, I wasn't like yeah. blown away by it. I mean, there's there's some good moments there, like the, the song, uh, what is it, Sick and uh, yeah. Eyeless I mean, and all of that kind of song. Yeah, yeah it was I mean, Wait and Bleed is an iconic song as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyways... Unfortunately, I, I really like Corey Taylor's vocals and, you know, everything that like his influence on the scene and everything. But like everything that they've been putting out, anything that he's been involved in recently hasn't been that great. The new Slipknot album has been disappointing. This is really disappointing. Yeah. Anyways, moving on from this disappointing news. Uh, <laughs> so apparently a new metal band called Silly Goose. Mm. performed live at a Waffle House in the United States of America. It's just, I just find it surprising and very uh, gutsy how like all these hardcore, and it's super hardcore and punk, right? It has that spirit in it, right? That they are willing to go and perform live in these venues where you have no, uh, where you have no right to perform. (laughs) You shouldn't be performing live at a Denny's. You shouldn't be performing live at a Waffle House. Well, look, you can see people in the background there eating... (laughs) eating waffles and eating their food and he's playing all this aggressive music i mean can you imagine if like one of like the hardcore and heavy bands that we like creative waste for example playing at bake or something here (laughs) (laughs) yeah though that's wild man i mean that's just uh hilarious i mean i think they might be using it as a marketing uh, kind of uh move or strategy to to go viral yeah. And the Waffle House, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of uh, guerrilla marketing or whatever they call it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a funny video. I mean, you, should, you guys should check it out just for the pure entertainment factor. Yeah. I mean, I it's, mean, it's pretty uh, punk. Like, if, if you go read the article about how the other guys went on, uh, were able to book Denny's, they literally just paid the deposit for booking the venue. Mm-hmm. And like the guys, the management didn't ask them any questions on what are you doing and why... <laughs> Oh, really? Yes, they basically paid the deposit. It was like, I think I read like it was $100 or something. They paid a deposit and then they just showed up with all their equipment and all these fans and all these people moshing inside of the Denny's and they caused a lot of damage, obviously. And I can't remember how much the damage is that they caused, but they caused a lot of damage. And and they, they had to stop the show halfway through as well. But uh, but yeah, like what if, you know, let's say your band gets an offer or like, so let's say your your lead singer from your band Besides, tells you know what? Let's uh, you know we got this gig to perform at uh, I don't know one of the restaurants here that like where you have no right to perform a rock or a heavy you know songs you know like bake or like I don't know I'm hungry or something you know hey man <laughs> or herpes we'll, we'll play for food we'll play for free food <laughs> all right so Wolfram will play for food next piece of news. Uh, actually, we don't have next piece of news here. Dude, we have so much music to talk about, and I want to get through them because there's there's some really interesting stuff in there. 
So uh, let's get into. All right, so we have Denava. Uh, the album is called Nothing But Nothing. This was a album recommended by you. Um, I'll just quickly give you my notes here. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I dig the way this album sounds. Uh, but for me, uh, I don't dig bands that try to sound too old school. And, you know, to me, it sounds like they're Iron Maiden, but like on crack. <laughs> uh, but the overall sound and the kind of old school vibe that they have, it's not my thing. So I didn't particularly enjoy that record, but um, I kind of appreciated how it sounds. I appreciated the kind of uh, the way it was recorded and the way it sounds. But yeah, not really a, a record for me, for sure. Yeah, fair enough. These guys are are obviously trying to go very retro with their sound. Yeah, uh, they're they're very much uh, about that whole '80s classic metal vibe. I mean, if you throw in classic Iron Maiden and and uh, you know Ozzy and and those kind of music, and you know just stir it in a pot, that's this is the result you'll get. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm always skeptical of those kind of bands. Because I feel like, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I want to hear something new, and uh, trying to recapture something old is always a bit, bit of a risk. Some bands can pull it off pretty well. I have to say, like Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, you know, is a band that does it very, very well. Uh, here, you know, the, these guys, they, they, they do an okay job. They do a, a, a decent job with, with that. Uh, the, the. The musicians, the level of musicianship is pretty high. Uh, you know, some some moments on the album, like the song, what was it, Enchanted Villain? It sounds something straight out of the Heaven and Hell album from Black Sabbath. Uh, the but there are really really good moments. Uh, you know, the, the instrumental song, uh, Season of Vengeance, is really really cool, especially if you're a, a, a you know. A, a guitar nerd, uh, but overall, I thought it was a decent album. Nothing really that special. Again, if your vibe is more about, you know, that '80s classic sound, classic metal sound, then you might enjoy this. Yeah. So, are you gonna are you gonna like be listening to this record often, or to you, like it's just it was a good once listen and then that's it, halas, you're done with it? No, I think I I, I don't know. I, I listen to the songs that I like, like. Uh, uh, season of vengeance that you know nothing but nothing and not to be confused with the others track on the album called nothing but nothing nothing uh, but nothing so yeah those songs i think i'll be listening to uh, sure. coming back to but overall it's an it's an all right album sure i mean okay yeah so if you're really into that old school sound that you know all these like little influences that uh, that mansoor mentioned but a little bit on the heavier side i would say then, uh, then yeah, you know, check out Dan Ava. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this artwork is disgusting. It's, it's really, I, I, yeah, I don't like the artwork for sure. <laughs> 
it's it's part disgusting it's part funny as well <laughs> like, yeah. there's something hilarious about this artwork <laughs> oh my oh, god man. but but in any case um tech death veterans cattle mm-hmm. decap or cattle decapitation uh just released their latest uh, record uh terracite um you know <laughs> album artwork notwithstanding uh mm-hmm. this is a great record i um you know uh, I really enjoyed uh, the overall sound and tightness. I mean, okay, it goes without saying, right? They're a tech death metal band. So at the end of the day, it is going to be incredibly tight and very articulate and very, uh, you know, almost surgical. Uh, but what's impressive for me is the way, like, it was all captured as well. Um, you know, this record was produced by Dave Otero, who's also like his other work is you know he's done all, all, basically almost all of the cattle decap albums and also uh, some recent uh, tech death uh, you know uh, upcomers like uh, archspire or archspire uh, but but yeah i really like the way this record sounds i really like the songs um you know obviously the these guys are are, are super technical and even really appreciate it doesn't have to be all fast and tech uh, there are some songs that kind of dial it back a little bit and you get like that slower kind of uh, heavier uh, uh, sound and they do that really well as well the only thing is that um, I really appreciated it and I, it's something that I also noticed from their previous like a uh, record um, Atlas uh, At- I think it was called Atlas Death or something but uh, that um, and I'm curious to hear what you think about it that the weird like um, mm. gang vocals that happen the the clean the, the sort of clean vocals that they do that sound like an alien hive mind talking to its like children or whatever to to to, to its species you know um, yeah. I it's it kind of for me I really appreciate it because because it kind of fits thematically like the 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 uh, the the album and um, the way they sound um, but I can understand that if it sounds too weird for some people, but, um, what did you think of it? Did you, did you find it endearing and good or did you find it too weird? Yeah. I mean, tech death is, uh, not really my brand of death metal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was impressed by, by the, obviously the very technical playing, the, the, the different vocal styles from like the the very deep and guttural vocals and the screechy type of vocals and those kind of uh, weird alien sounds that you hear. It it kind of reminded me of that movie, The Fly from the 80s with Jeff Sure. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I always get that image in my head for some reason. But it goes, of course, uh, you know, they're trying to get a message across, obviously. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's an acquired taste. Like, as you said, it's really sometimes not for everyone. Uh, but if you appre- appreciate that, uh, you know, those tight kind of uh, sounding albums with very intricate playing, I'd have to say, uh, yeah, this album could be could be for you. And and also the, the guitar work, I mean, the the leads and stuff like that, uh, I found was pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is, again, this is a tech death metal album. It's honestly not breaking any grounds. It's not making yeah. any kind of uh, new statement or evolving in a, the, the kind of the genre in any way. But if you're someone who's into tech death uh, and enjoys that particular uh, sound, then yeah, this is a great record and you'll enjoy it. And I highly recommend uh, definitely um, listening to it. Cattle Decap, Terracite. All right, our next band here, um, Hacken, Fauna. Um, 
so uh, Mansoor actually turned me on to this album. I I kind of remember listening to them. So what's funny is that Mansoor was like, yeah, you know, do you know the band Hack? And they just released an album. And I was like, oh, I don't know. They sound familiar. And I went through their Spotify and I remember seeing that particular record that they had that had that you know, predominantly was yellow. The color of the album was yellow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I'm like, yeah, I listened to this band before, but I don't know why I didn't pay attention to them. But after listening to this record, I remembered why I didn't like them or I kind of maybe I realized why I stopped listening to them or paying attention to them. So this is an interesting record because for the first time ever, I found myself saying, you know, it'd be great if they release an instrumental version of this album. Uh, I'm not someone who's into bands that release uh, instrumental um version of their you know normal records or records with vocals dance gavin dance does that a lot um a lot of other bands do that like protest the hero as well but um i'm not into that but for some reason with this band i was actually saying yes I sh- they should i could not the stand the the vocals um the vocals for me hampered this entire record i really appreciated everything around the vocals like i love again yeah, I, I, I okay. Loved maybe is a strong word, but I loved the the instrumentation was really strong and it was really really good. It's just taken down by this, you know. For me, my personal opinion, I found the vocals incredibly annoying. Like I could not stand listening to to uh, any of the songs because of it, which is disappointing because the the instrumentation, like I said, around it is so strong. They have this proggy sound. Uh, the tones are really cool. Um, it sounds really cool instrumentally, but vocally, I just couldn't stand. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, this, uh, you know, prog metal genres is a very blanket statement. Uh, so th- I felt like uh, their brand of prog just didn't really appeal to me that much. And I love progressive uh, rock and progressive metal. But yeah, the singer kind of overdoes it. Uh, I mean, he's a he knows how to hit the the right notes and all of that, but it's sometimes it's not just about that. It's about what you do with, with you know, with your instrument. Yeah, the, I have to say there's a high level of musicianship, uh, great guitar tones, great bass, and, you know, great drumming and as well. But, yeah, I just could not, I, I, I don't know, it did not appeal to me at all. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. So... As a personal rating, I'm never going to listen to this record again. And unless they change their vocalist or the vocalist decides to change his style, I'm probably never going to pay attention to this band again. Yeah. Or I'm going to listen to whatever they release. You know, I'm being a bit too aggressive here. But I am probably going to listen to whatever the new thing they release because I'm, I would be hoping that they have improved uh, or changed the vocal style a little bit. But anyways, check out Fauna if you're really, really into progressive metal with annoying vocals. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next record here is uh, by a new band called Moore. And a little background story here. Um, uh, the uh, the way I discovered this band, well, actually, you know what? One second. I had to go to my pedal vault. So the way I discovered this band is through a, uh, a, a German a guitar and, well, predominantly a pedal uh, maker. Uh, an independent pedal maker based out of Germany. Uh, and he also st- makes beautiful guitars as well. So the company is called Ground Effects, and I have one of their pedals here. This one is called the Grayskull. It's basically a rat 
that goes into an octave down uh, pedal. It gives you that, um, I don't know, that ambient kind of weird uh, kind of noise rock uh, metal sound. In any case, so this guy uh, has a band and that's how I discovered this band. It's called Moore. And um, they just released it over the weekend, I guess. Um, in any case, I enjoyed this record a lot. Um, uh, if you're someone, uh, first of all, uh, it's obvious that some members of this band are into tones and pedals because the overall sound of this record is something I really appreciated. And if you're someone who's into sludge, into kind of dirty, uh, uh, kind of nasty sounding bass uh, tones, if you're into slower, uh, sludgier metal, then yeah, this is going to be really up your alley. There are places where it picks up and it kind of up, ups the tempo a little bit. So it's not all like a sludge fest, but, uh, but overall, I really enjoyed this record and I'm definitely going to be coming back to listen to it more, if not just for the overall sound and the tone of this record. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good album. Uh, you know, it kind of sounds samey when you, when you go five tracks into it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I also appreciate the sort of sludge and, and doom type of uh, metal and slower type of metal. I mean, it, 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 I think if you're into bands like Neurosis and, and Yob and those kind of bands, you'll, yeah, I can, you, you'll, you'll appreciate this band. I mean, yeah. the vocals are very uh, harsh and screamy, uh, although you have moments of clean vocals, of course, in the choruses and things like that. Uh, and but the tempo is more or less the same throughout the album i felt yeah uh yeah i mean it i i think i'll have to give it a few more listens to let it really sink in you know? yeah but it's yeah. funny i was gonna wrap up my thoughts by saying this is and if you're someone who's into neurosis but wants something a bit heavier then this is going to be really up your alley um uh, so, but you just said it, and you also mentioned Yob, which is another, uh, yeah, great example. If you're someone who's yeah. into Yob as well, then definitely you'll enjoy this record. Uh, but yeah, overall, like I just really liked the organic sound and how loose it felt, and um, I, definitely that that kick drum sound as well was really good. It's really organic and like vibey and and room sounding and roomy sounding. Anyways, really enjoyed the, the sound of this record. Um, if you're into sludge metal, if you're into neurosis, Yob, these kind of slower uh, bands, then yeah, do check this out and check out Ground Effects as well. The next record we have here, Mansoor, Sleep, Token. Sleep Token, and I'm super, super excited to hear your thoughts and opinion on this record. Um, <laughs> Are you trying to troll me or something? <laughs> no, it's just funny. It's a, it's a reoccurring uh, theme here, okay? Uh, but uh, but I, and I don't know if we're going to bring up the boomer scale for this one. <laughs> no, I, I'll surprise you by saying I actually uh, kind of uh, in, enjoyed this album. Kind of? Kind of enjoyed it, yeah. I mean, okay, it's, cool. It's a, it's a very... I feel a different, very unique um, brand of, of, of metal. I mean, there is a, a metal is, is the bass sound for this band, but they do uh, a lot of uh, experimentation. They, they, they cross different boundaries with their music. Uh, you know, they, they have some trap beats and, and different songs like, uh, what is it? Like, Take Me Back to Eden, Granite, Ascensionism. Which I felt Ascensionism was the best song on the album. Uh, you know, they they have 
some very, I'd say, poppy and catchy tunes like uh, Aqua Regia. I hope that's how you pronounce it. And the closing Probably. track, uh, Euclid. Uh, I felt like the song Are You Really Okay is a fantastic ballad. Um, very well written. Kind of uh, <clears throat> about, uh, you know, reaching out to somebody to help them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the 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 this is overall a good album it's not without some filler uh and moments where i felt like okay you know you're overdoing it sometimes uh but uh, you know the the singer stands out i think he has a very unique voice the singer's name is vessel <laughs> so there are two yeah, apparently they, two they, 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 nobody knows their identity yeah yeah nobody knows their identities i think they have this uh gimmicky stage presence they have they all wear masks on stage the singer is called vessel one and the other <laughs> musician is called vessel two <laughs> so that that you know if you sounds, that's a sounds, bit funny. Sounds, sounds disgusting <laughs> yeah so i mean overall it's it's a it's a it's a it's a good album i'd say I, i'm surprised how it, it really uh got a lot of uh listens and, and views i mean these ba- this band is going uh very popular and uh mainstream Dude, they I, I'm, are su- I'm very surprised super popular and i'm i'm not surprised because the like you mentioned i agree actually i'm i'm gonna basically echo the same sentiments a lot of what you said i you know i also felt that ascension ascensionism is the what probably the greatest track on this album it really stood out to me and it was a really good track um Again, very good at mixing pop and electronic pop elements with metalcore. This is, to me, was a very surprising record. I was really surprised by how much I liked this record, especially considering how their previous record was so mediocre. Um, Their previous record that they released, there was only really one song that I enjoyed, Alkaline. Otherwise, the entire record was so mediocre. And then they come around with this record, and it's just banger after banger. And but I agree with you as well. There was some filler here and there, but they weren't enough to interrupt the experience for me. Just going back to your point of their popularity, I'm not surprised at all. They are incredible at writing catchy music that is, you know, that can go heavy sometimes. Uh, that can that 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 incorporates like even some trip hop elements. Um, I love this track. Uh, sorry, this record. I love this record, and um, I'm gonna be listening to this a lot as well. Um, it's great. Kind of, um, I don't know if I would, you know, if I, if I can say a palate cleanser, but it's great to listen to in between like all the other heavy stuff that we might be listening to and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. super cool record. I, I really, I, I really like this direction for them as well. I hope they they can keep innovating and coming up with uh, more stuff that sound that innovates and kind of builds on this the success and the and and the and the you know the achievement that they've done with this record. Yeah, I have to say that the overall mood of the album is very sad, very depressing. Uh, you can hear it in the singer's voice as yeah. well. Uh, so if that's your kind of vibe, do check it out. But I mean, there's a lot of beauty as well in the music that sort of balances out all the, the dark elements. So it's uh, do check it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we probably don't need to tell people to check it out. It's, yeah. This album is so popular that uh, yeah. people have already probably checked it out. Uh, but anyways, uh, Sleep Tokens, uh, new record, 
Take Me Back to Eden. Fantastic record. Everybody should listen to it. Next record here. Holy moly, dude. I, I, dude, I'm just going to straight up and say it. I hate this record. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing it up because I hate it. I hated dude, it too. What is this, dude? It's I'm honestly so like and I'm I'm reason why I have such a um an aggressive uh reaction to this record is because I previously really respected this uh this band. Um so The Ocean is a, a well-respected and well-known name in the kind of prog metal scene like the new modern prog metal um you know flavor of prog metal that I'm talking about. So like bands uh, in the from the modern age that gets lumped into this uh, uh, genre. Um, and for me, um, you know, when I say I respected them, I, and I particularly enjoyed one record that they released called Anthropo, Anthropocentric. Okay, I, I have that uh, record on CD. And if you go listen to that record, you'll see why I liked it or I liked them. Because again, they, they were like this prog metal band that had and the album has a variety of different sounds. There's like some really slower kind of methodical songs that are proggy, but then there are some, you know, upbeat, faster songs, uh, some really catchy songs. So there were different flavors on that record that, you know, made you made that band stand out. But mm. holy moly, dude, what we've in our previous podcast, we've reviewed Akesha Strain's uh, sludgy uh, album. I don't know if you've had the chance to listen to it, but it's a record with three songs. And the songs, there's one song on this album that I really liked called Bog Walker. It's 17 minutes long and it doesn't feel that long because it's so good and it's so well written. This band managed to write five minute songs that felt like they were 30 minutes long. Yeah. And I, I just could not uh, wait for the songs to finish. The only track that stood out for me on this album and, and that was listenable was the... Um, uh, un what unconformities? I think it was called. It's the one with that features a lot of sax, and there was like a female vocal in it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only song that stood out, and that's the only song. And when I was listening to that, I was like, oh, okay, this is not bad. But the rest of it, tonally, sound-wise, structure-wise, it's just so boring. Like it's such a boring record. I could not enjoy it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on this one. I mean, it was a very boring album. The songs go nowhere especially when they seem to be hitting some kind of uh, a climax, you know, it's, it just goes and ends up going nowhere. Uh, you know, the, there's only one song that I uh, appreciate, appreciated was Seas of Reeds, but the rest of the album, no, I, I mean, I, I don't get the use of, of sax and maybe others, some other brass instruments. Uh, it added nothing to, to the overall, you know, quality of, of of, of the songs, it's, it sounded very samey and boring. Uh, I don't know. It, it, there are a lot of, uh, you know, I felt like different types types of influences. I, I sometimes I detect, you know, like a, a, a perfect circle or influence at times, like a Depeche Mode influence. But honestly, it did not do anything for me. I mean, it really just was was a boring album that went nowhere for the most part. Um, so boring. 
if you're in like if you're a prog metal if a prog head or whatever you call yourself and you and you say that you like this record you're lying you're just saying that because you want to you just you just want to say that um yeah. it's like the equivalent of the the new metallica you know album coming out and like being a metal like a being really into metallica and saying that it's good <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, that one song you mentioned, that was a song that actually really annoyed me because there's this <laughs> one line that he repeats saying, don't turn on the bright lights. He keeps keeps on repeating yeah. it, repeating it, repeating it. And then that's it. There's nothing. He adds nothing to it. Uh, yeah. 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 Anyways, disappointing album. Let's not waste any more time on this record. Yeah. Do not go listen to this record. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on to something a little better. Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Sutra. Um, I don't know how you felt about this record, but okay, so when I put on this record, the first track actually threw me off. Um, I was ready to hate that album, actually. I was ready to not like this <clears throat> album because I was going to have another syndrome, the same thing with Haken, which was, uh, this is a great sounding record, but unfortunately, the vocal performances are not strong. And I was into the previous record, Samsara, when it first came out. Uh, uh, so I knew that they had like a weird vocal style. But I, I, like when I, first, when, I, when I heard the opening track, it was a bit too much. Like the atonal thing, like the atonal singing thing, uh, out of tune singing thing was kind of too weird. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a disappointing record. But pleasantly, uh, to my you know, to my surprise, uh, pleasantly, the rest of the album actually is good. Um, I really liked their, uh, you know, again, they're one of those bands that put a lot of horn, brass, and like sax elements into their into their music. I really appreciate that. Uh, the vocals are not bad. If you're someone who's into Baroness, um, it's kind of the same um, sludgy sounding, atonal kind of sounding singing and vocals, uh, harsh vocals as well. Um, and the overall sound of this uh, band, you know, again, if you're into like sludger sound, like really dirty sounding, um, you know, bass tra- sound, uh, tr- uh, bass instrumentation, um, if you're into Mastodon, uh, if you're into early Mastodon, obviously, uh, yeah. then yeah, you will love this. This is a great record. I really enjoyed it. And I'm definitely going to be listening to it because I've, I love Mastodon. Their recent stuff has been kind of disappointing, so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to hear a band kind of pick up the torch uh, where they kind of left off um, from Leviathan and 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 uh, and, and Blood uh, Blood Mountain and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the, I couldn't agree with you more on this. I mean, uh, the the vocals need time to to you know to sink in and appreciate, uh, but the it, it, great guitar work. I feel like the especially on, on songs like Alice, Psychic Malaise, Embers, those kind of tracks really stood out to me. Uh, I hear some Alice in Chains influence, oddly, on the song Psychic Malaise. Uh, Into Forever is a good song. Yeah, the, the singer, I think, his name is Bruce Lamont. Uh, you know, he, I think his vocals overall sit well with the, the, mu- the melodies, the riffs, all the instrumentation. And, you know, the brass instruments don't feel uh, very forest. You know, it, overall, it's a good album. I'll, uh, again, some filler here, 
unfortunately, but it's a it's a pretty good album. I'll listen to yeah. it again. Yeah, but though, sure. I, my my only comment is the production. Uh, I I felt like the production could have been could have been better. That's my only criticism, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I know. I hear you. Um, you know, I didn't get feel that that way because I I got the sense that it was purposeful. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they're like a, just a dirty sounding band. At the end of the day, it's probably like, you know, it's probably part of their sound. It's probably the sound that they were seeking, right? Yeah. But in any case, yeah, if you're into early Mastodon, if you're into like, you know, vocals that sound a bit, you you have a tolerance for vocals that sound a bit weird and out of uh, atonal a little bit. Uh, but again, they sit and fit with the overall uh, song structure and the music writing. So Yakuza, check them out. All right. Yeah. So we're done with the albums. We're moving on now to singles. Um, this is a track that you added. Uh, to the list. I dude, I like the hives. I really like really? the hives. Yes, yes. I really enjoy the <laughs> hives. I love their high their energy their brand of high energy rock. Um you know uh tick tick boom like I you know I I'm I, I'm not you know I'm not the kind of person that will mention or name like deep cuts from them because uh because I'm you know I'm not someone who's a super fan of the hives but Whatever I listen to them, I enjoy them. And, and from time to time, I'll go and go through their popular releases and just let it play and listen to it. Because, like I said, I really enjoy their high-energy kind of brand of rock. Uh, so Tick, Tick, Boom and See the Idiot Walk. Uh, is that the name of the song, See the Idiot Walk? I think so. Those are great, great songs. And this song is no different. It was a lot of fun for me to listen to. I really liked the way it sounded. I really liked it. Um, it's you know obviously they're not breaking any new grounds okay it's the hives it's gonna sound like the hives um the high energy vocal kind of uh performances the high energy dancey kind of almost sounding uh guitar riffs um mm. yeah you know if you're expecting something different you're gonna get disappointed but if you wanted to hear more hives you're gonna love this track yeah i mean it, it's a fun song to listen to at the end yeah. of the day i mean it, they're not a, the kind of band that you take too seriously, and I, I don't mean that in, in a very negative way. I think their vibe is overall, you know, very fun, uh, you know, very dancey, as you said. It's it's a it's about good times, really, and the, the you can just tell from the 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 title of the track, "Bogus Operandi." You know, it's uh, it's a play on words. You know, I have to admit though that. I was never really into them, and especially that whole scene in the early 2000s when you had what do you call like the bands, the vines, the hives, the strokes, the white stripes, all of those the bands. But, you know, just keeping an open mind, it's an enjoyable track. I mean, I, I, I definitely encourage you to listen to it and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so if you really like high entry rock, if you really like catchy kind of rock, um, The Hives, Bogus Apparende is not a bad track to listen to and highly recommend you check it out. Um, next track here, we have Wolf Mother. Um, mm. The song is called uh, Stay a Little Longer. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I really did not like this track. Um, like I, we mentioned earlier in the early review for Danava, um, I'm really not into bands that try to replicate a, a sound from a certain era. So, like, I really don't like Wolf Mother. I really don't like Greta, Greta Van Fleet. Um, mm. I, I really don't like Danavar, Danava. Um, yeah, this just overall vibe and overall sound of this track is not something that I got into. 
Yeah, personally, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not super into uh, Wolf Mother, uh, but I really like the song. Uh, it has a, you know, a very classic rock feel to it, but the riff is really nice. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that, that riff. I mean, uh, I don't know. There's not much to say. It's just uh, your typical kind of classic rock sounding uh, song. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just really again I found I, I find the vocals annoying, um, <laughs> and the that style like of bands that are trying to sound like Led Zeppelin uh, mm -hmm. kind of trend is uh, really like uh, something that I don't appreciate and I I, I don't like uh, the bands as well so or the or that kind of genre or music you know so if I wanted to listen to Led Zeppelin I'll just go listen to Led Zeppelin. Uh, but in any case, if you're into bands that are trying to imitate a certain era of rock. Uh, go listen to Wolf Mother. Mutoid man, mutants. I don't know how you feel about this one. Yeah, I mean, but... it, it, yeah, nothing special. It's it again. It's a fun song to listen to. Very kind of a punky, kind of skater punk maybe song. Uh, well, it has that sort of influence, but. They do stand out from the rest of the the bands and in, in their in their respective genre. I feel um, there isn't much to say apart from it's a, just a cool song to listen to. It's not bad by any means. Yeah, yeah. I always enjoy like I enjoy the Mutoid Man uh, records. Um, to me, uh, it's like it's the energetic drums, the punk kind of uh, energetic drums really go well with the almost rock kind of sounding riffs and um uh and vocals um all those things mixed together you get you get like a weird kind of uh modern sounding punk rock album uh but with a bit old school influences i guess i don't know anyways i i really like the way loose how loose this track felt like the guitar riff almost sounds like the like they made he like when he was playing it he made mistakes but he just kept it in you know like it almost had like this live feel to it uh, and that's what you get with I guess this band Mutoid Man you know uh, in any case really enjoyed this uh, song uh, but like you said it's it's probably not the greatest Mutoid Man track and you know looking forward to just seeing what other singles they'll drop and what other uh, songs they uh, they have but uh, yeah do check it out next uh, song here. Uh, and I was really happy when you added this. I enjoyed the record that this album released. Um, it had amazing artwork on it. It was called Recension, I think, or no, no, um, Resin. Res Ugh, I, we, I, I need to, I, I need to look up the name of the record. But um, really cool Italian band. It, like they're a three-piece, and they make really cool sludge uh, metal. The songs are really long, and they take a while to pick up. But when they do, the payoff is good. Um, and what I really liked about this track is that it's a cover. So this is the band is called Ufu. Okay, I'm gonna probably butcher the, the name of this track, but I had to I had to look up the name of the band in order to know how to say it. Ufu Mammoth. It is a cover for a sound dragon. Uh, sound dragon. <laughs> sound, sound dragon is a sound dragon is a dragon forest sound garden, <laughs> sound garden cover band. It's a cover band that covers both sound dragon and, and dragon force. Anyways, so Ufu Mammoth, let me drown. A sound garden, a cover. Okay, 
Uh, and what I really liked about this is that they took a song and they did their own interpretation of it. They didn't play it exactly the same way. So it's like almost if a sludge metal band did a cover of a Soundgarden uh, song. Uh, and I really liked it. I, I really liked the overall sound and the overall tone of this. If you're into sludge metal, I would dare to say like maybe it didn't need to be a cover. Maybe you guys should have wrote it as an original song like that is kind of inspired by Soundgarden. But in any case, enjoyable track. Well, I appreciate uh, the song, not because of this of the sound of it. I mean, it sounds very much like they their own interpretation, as you said. Uh, but I appreciate the fact that they took a very a deep cut from the Soundgarden catalog. Uh, granted, it's from their most popular album, but they took a deep cut and and covered it. Uh, you know, it's a great way to pay respect to a band. I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, sonically, musically, it's not the best cover, I have to admit, but, uh, you know, it's listenable. But I do appreciate the respect they're, they're, they're paying to Soundgarden with this uh, cover. Yeah. Yeah. Cool cover. If you're into, and if you want to listen to a, a cool sludge metal uh, song, then uh, yeah, you go check out Ufu Mammoth and go check out their other work as well. Uh, not bad. All right, next song here is a um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Uh, the name of the song is Gila. Uh, is that, am I saying this right? A Gila Monster, um, I yeah. guess. Uh, I really like this band. They're very prolific. We've already talked about them once before in the news segment, yeah. I think, in, in an earlier podcast. Uh, they release... Uh, tracks and albums very quickly um, uh, and, and all of them sound different and they have like this really wide different variety of uh, of sounds you know they, it could be experimental psychedelic and now um, and in some cases as well metal and this is what apparently this new record is going to sound like it's going to be a very um, metal influence you know I really like this track but uh, you know, in my mind, I'm I'm just thinking about it. You know, am I a little biased here? Because I know King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and I know that what what they go for and their overall vibe that they go for, um, and I really like the overall sound of this album uh, song, and the production value and the way it's produced is purposefully lo-fi and old school. Yeah. And. Um, and the song as well is written purposely in a way where it sounds kind of almost old school, you know, and, and, and like, a, but with obviously a bit more modern sensibilities. But, but I just wonder if it wasn't King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard, would I have enjoyed this track? Am I enjoying it because I know their past work and I know that this is their overall vibe and, <clears> and I'm <throat> looking forward to their record? Um, because this could have been easily, I don't know if, if you disagree with me, but it, it could have been easily on the Deneva record. But but mm. but the vocals are less annoying <laughs> for sure. You know, I appreciate the vocals a bit more. Uh, I don't know. In any case, I enjoyed this track. And if you're a fan of King, Giz King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard, and you have you're you're open to as well their metal tendencies and influences, then yeah, you'll enjoy this track. I I, I love this this song. I love this band. I'm a big fan. You know, as you said, they're very prolific and have a huge body of work. Um, you know, which I'm still kind of discovering. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they're known for playing different sort of genres in their own style, you know, from folk to jazz to psychedelic rock and now metal. Uh, but, you know, the, for me, 
their uh, their album Infest the Rat's Nest, which was their own uh, way of, uh, which was their first metal album, was just fantastic from start to finish. They play like uh, super thrashy songs and like and songs in like classic metal style like Motorhead. So I really loved that album, and I I wish they had uh, they would come up with another metal album at some point, and it seems like they did. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I love this song and I can't wait for for the album to yeah. be released. Yeah, Petro Dragon check out Apocalypse. <laughs> Petro, what, what is it called? Petro <laughs> Petrochemicals Apocalypse. Petro Petro Dragon Apocalypse. Petro Dragon Apocalypse. Insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, uh, if you this is the first time you're hearing about King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard, if you do like psychedelic experimental rock and metal. Uh, then definitely you have a lot of work to go through. Next, um, oh yeah, next band we have here is a, a regional release. It's a band from Egypt. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they're signed under the Wall of Sound uh, Dark Mode uh, record label, which is a ro- local record label here in Saudi, uh, based out of Jeddah. So the band is called Gorinov. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Gorinov is the name of a, of a, of a military issued weapon or something like that it's like a gun or something because that's what came up when i looked when i tried to look them up online um, yeah but, but but in any case so the song is pretty heavy um you know if you're this song will really appeal to people who are into old school thrash metal um uh the overall production is good the, the overall sound it's loud it's heavy like i said um, but like, you know, but for me, it's, it's not for me. Um, I, you know, I can't really talk too much about this track because I've kind of moved on from this like old school thrash sound. Um, uh, but if you're someone who is really still into that kind of stuff and you still listen to Testament and you still listen to, you know, maybe the older, um, uh, Anthrax, uh, records and, and even maybe to a certain extent Slayer records, they don't really sound I, to me the, the the most appropriate band to mention here is probably testament but but in any case um not for me but if you're into that old school thrash sound then yeah i mean definitely this is going to be up your alley yeah it's a straightforward thrash it, it kind of uh reminded me of early sepultura um you know the the guitar riff is is cool i like it very classic vintage thrash uh you know the uh, the blast beats. There are some moments with blast beats, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you if you're a thrash aficionado, you you'll enjoy this track. Yeah, go check out Gorinov Frozen Blood. Uh, out now. Check it out. Um, next track here is a band out of Australia, I believe. I recently discovered them, and I thought this was they just released a single as well, so I thought it would be worth talking about them. Uh, I think it's pronounced Gelt. Gelt? Gelt, but, maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this band is right up my alley. Uh, I'm so happy that I discovered them because they're like this really interesting, hardcore, um, almost experimental-sounding band. Um, because... If if you listen to this track, it it starts off like in this you know typical like really aggressive, really gnarly sounding like hardcore, uh, fast uh, kind of band uh, or song, 
uh, and then it goes into like this open rock uh, kind of uh, song with like solos and, and but it's still aggressive, still heavy, uh, still nasty and gnarly sounding. Um, yeah, you know, if, if you're someone who's, you know, I would even say if you're someone who's into a bit of grindcore and, you know, hardcore crust punk uh, or crust punk, then you'll enjoy this as well. Um, keep, uh, you know, pay attention to them. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this record that they're going to release. Yeah, this is a, a pretty uh, crazy song. I mean, it just sounds maniacal from start to finish. Uh, you know, it's it's... It's I, I I'm not gonna I'm gonna say it's not for everyone, but if you appreciate that kind of sonic quality of uh, of just crazy maniacal instrumentation riffs and drumming and all of that, yeah. uh, you should check this out. Uh, yeah, I, I I knew you would love it. I know, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool song. Yeah, not catchy at all, but no, no, not catchy, <laughs> not catchy, no, not, not catchy. on the catchy side. Yeah. yeah, if you want something heavy, crusty, like just nasty sounding, uh, and you have a tolerance for that, that particular brand uh, of metal, then you'll you'll really uh, enjoy this. Moving on to a, something a little softer and uh, a, a little more uh, proggy as well. Um, East of the Wall, that's a name I haven't heard in a while because I remember discovering this band like a really, really long time ago, like I'm going to say like over 10 years ago. Uh, and they came up during this time when bands like Intronaut were also starting to become popular and, 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 and get well known as well. And you can see it as well. Like there's a kind of a parallel there. Like they sound a lot, uh, you know, they're like this sludge uh, prog metal sound, you know, uh, that, that, that makes them, that defines them. So the name of the band is East of the Wall. The name of the song is Hege 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 Hegemony Dilemma. Hege yeah. Hegemony's Dilemma. Hegemony's Dilemma. Yeah. Dilemma. Um, I really like this uh, song. I really like this band. Um, I really like how the, the bass tone is uh, pretty aggressive and highly distorted and fuzzy. And it's carrying the rhythm section that's, you know, that's pretty, um, I don't know how to describe it, but twangy, pretty like mathy sounding, pretty um, uh, chaotic. Uh, uh, the song is... Also, like a, you know, it, it's metal, but it's soft. Uh, it has a really nice, uh, you know, female vocal that comes in that's kind of surprises you towards the um, outro of the song. Um, really great track. I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to uh, this record as well. And I'm really happy to hear that they're releasing a new record. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the bass tone because that that's the thing that stood out uh, to me. Uh, yeah, I, I really dig, you know, really like the bass tone on this. Uh, you know, the vocals were pretty good. Uh, I, I was, I mean, I'm not really familiar with this band. It's the first time I listened to them, and I'm, I'm glad to hear, the, you know, the female vocals step in because that added a lot of flavor to uh, the song, uh, as well as the sax. I believe there's some sax instrumentation there. There's a lot of sax. It seems to be a recurring thing. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the music we listen to today, for some what reason, what is going on? I think that's a recurring thing uh, theme today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, I actually, mean, it's, it's a recurring theme I'm noticing in a, in a lot of bands. So, yeah. um, Ken Mode, like a noise metal band, is also like they have they've recruited like a sax player that just plays with them full time now, 
Um, there's a new recent band as well that I saw live called Resin as well. They've had like a sax element in their in their yeah. in their live performance. We just heard Yakuza, and we just heard like that. My only track that I liked out of this Ocean record as well had like sax. What is going on? Why is everybody using sax right now? <laughs> There's a pattern in music right now, in heavy music, with a lot of yeah. uh, where there's a lot of sax. So it's uh, <laughs> interesting it's to weird. see. But yeah, overall, a good song. Uh, I, I, I'm definitely curious to hear what their other, you know, songs sound like, their albums. So yeah, cool. Yeah, if you're into if you're into intronaut, I think you will you will enjoy this band. Yeah. All right. Next record, or sorry, next release here is a, is a regional release from a band out of Dubai. They're called Verdict, No More Grace. Well, the band is called Verdict and the song is called No More Grace. Uh, so for me, uh, production-wise, sound-wise, you know, good production value there. Um, the only thing I will say about this song is that it kind of felt like they're playing it safe. Um, I mean, you know, whatever. Objectively speaking, the overall song, you know, the performance, the structure is there. Um, but... It felt a bit repetitive. The song felt a bit repetitive for me. Um, and it felt like they were just playing it a bit too safe. I, I, I would really like them if they, you know, they're obviously very talented. Um, and I would have really liked to see them kind of open up a little bit, explore, and just, you know, do something more with their with their talent, you know, or with their, with their music writing or what they're doing, right? Um, uh, th- yeah, that's the only thing I can say is that it felt like they were playing it too safe. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's the first time I listened to them. Uh, these guys are, are, yeah, they're talented. The, the you know, if you're into like uh, the, the very deep guttural type of uh, you know death metal singing style, you'll you'll enjoy this. It's you know, it has like uh, all these uh, palm muted chunky riffs. Uh, you know, kind of reminded me of Fear Factory, but. At times, uh, just the riffing style. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the the overall way to describe this uh, the song. I mean, I, I have to give it another listen to to see. Uh, to maybe I'll find out some other elements there. But yeah. you know, I I, I enjoyed it. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's enjoyable for sure. But you know. Again, it's just, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you listen to it for the first time. It's not offensive. You know, again, like I said, the production is there. The, the, the I guess the songwriting is there. But but am I am I going to go back and listen to this song again? I'm not sure, you know, again, because it just felt like it, they played it a bit. It, it feels repetitive and it felt a bit too safe. Anyways, mm-hmm. but that's my opinion. Uh, let's move on to our next uh, regional release as well. Uh, a band called Amenta coming at you live straight from Egypt. Well, they're not coming at you live. They're not live. Okay. But in any (laughs) case, (laughs) I don't know why I said that. But uh, the second release here from a band from Egypt, um, Amenta. Um, So this song is a, well, so, okay. So the the song is called Infant. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I cannot say names of songs or I don't know if bands are just deliberately picking complicated names. Infinitum? Infinitum. Infinitum. Uh, yeah, yeah Infinitum. Yeah. Infinitums is the name of the song. The band is called Amenta. Um, they describe themselves as an experimental metal band. To me, 
listening to this track and listening to the vocal styles, uh, it sounded like they are a progressive power metal band to me, honestly. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's what I would describe them. In any case, uh, overall, how I feel about this song. Um, the guys are obviously super talented. All the instrumentations are on point. Uh, also, I, you know, I was really surprised by how musically also uh, creative they are in writing the songs. Uh, the structure is there. The um, the songs are really the song is really catchy, and it's technical, but not overly technical to the point where it becomes intimidating or um, you know something that only appeals to nerds or something like that. You know. Um, yeah. But uh, but for me, and this is a personal preference thing. I could not get over the vocals. Um, it ha- I, I, this is another recurring theme from today's episode. For some reason, there's a lot of bands that I'm just not getting into because of the vocals. So they have this dream theater syndrome, what I call the dream theater syndrome, which is that <laughs> the band is great, but they I could I cannot get into them or they're brought down, uh, not brought down. I, I don't mean to say that the vocals are not talented, but it's just for me, I cannot get into them because of the uh, the vocal style or the way the vocals are delivered. If you're someone who's into power metal, and if you're into that style of vocals, then this is you're gonna love this track. It's gonna be really down your alley. But I could not get into it because of the kind of power metal feel of the overall um, vocals, and to some extent the the track itself. Um, otherwise, as well, I would just recommend maybe spending a little more time in production as well because there was a weird floor tom or like a tom hit that was very abrasive and it was very obvious and it would just stick out uh, immediately like it's almost as if it was mixed separately or it was out of the mix um but in any case i'm actually super excited and looking forward to listening to the other stuff that they have it sounds like this band has like different sounds and different styles um that they're gonna have um you know in the future so um yeah that's how I. How? What did you think of it? What, uh, did you did you agree with me? Does it feel like a power metal song? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, the, the singer does definitely uh, give it off. I mean, you can tell he is uh, very much influenced by the likes of Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden and and Jeff Tate from Queensrÿche. Uh, but yeah, you know, which to me is a good thing. I I, I love that vocal style. I love uh, Iron Maiden. I love the, that kind of singing style. Uh, I'm with you in, in, in the dream theater part. I don't like dream theater's uh, singing <laughs> style. I love the way the band plays music, the, all the other instruments, but the singer, the, the singer, the singer throws me off a bit. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, coming back to these guys, uh, sorry, Amento. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds that, like the, the production wise, it could be a bit better, but I think the guys are super talented very good uh, at, uh, you know they have great chops uh, you know when it comes to their uh, you know the guitar playing the drumming all of that uh, the singing as well I, I appreciate uh, I'm curious to hear their other songs because uh, yeah it, it ha- they, they they're self-declared as alternative metal but it sounds to me closer and I do hear some aspects of alt metal in their riffing style and things like that uh with i'm a huge fan of alternative metal so i'm curious just to hear what other songs they have uh but i hear again i agree with you more of a power metal 
kind of uh, vibe uh, of a, a vibe, which is yeah. like I'm cool with. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, definitely worth checking out this band and keeping an eye out on them. Um, but this track was just, um, I guess, not for me. Um, again, because of the power metal kind of feel and influence and sound uh, of the vocals as well. And with that, we just wrapped out the music stuff and the things that we've been listening to, Mansoor. Let's talk about our main topic today. It's an interesting one. We're going to talk about our top five bands of all time. All right. So, Mansoor, uh, today we decided that we want our listeners or the five listeners and ten listeners that we have uh, to uh, know us a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> You guys are the best. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. <laughs> if, you've, if you're sticking around. But in any case, I guess this is an opportunity for, uh, for, for you know, people to get to know us a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just through our top five bands, you know, the, th- the bands that we really appreciate and we really like and respect. Um, so this is how we're going to do this, okay? We're going uh, we're gonna to go through our top five bands, um, you know, uh, and, and then we're going to mention some honorable mentions. Uh, Mansoor, Mansoor and I had like a pretty tough time coming up with the five only top uh, bands. Uh, so we gave ourselves some leeway when we said, you know what, we're just going to allow ourselves to talk, give some honorable mentions. And one thing I'll also mention here before, uh, uh, before we get into this, um, you know, you might notice, you, you might feel like, in, oh, you know, these guys are not mentioning some of the legendary bands, you know. Uh, that that you know that should be on the top list of five uh, top five uh, bands. Um, you got to keep in mind that we've been listening to this genre, or you know, people tend to be to listen to uh, a genre or music for a long, long time, and there just doesn't make sense for your top five to remain the same since you started all the way up to now. I mean, if you had asked me in early two thousand what was my favorite band of all time, I would have put Slipknot number one or Limp Bizkit even. Uh, you know, like that's not the case anymore. So, uh, just appreciate the fact that your taste in music evolves and that whatever you consider to be a best band of all time also evolves and changes with time. Uh, and that's what I have to say about that before we get into it. Do you have anything else to add, Mansoor? Yeah, this was one of the more difficult things that I had to think about because, uh, I mean, uh, it, it, as you said, you know, and you, it, it's not easy to, 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 especially if you've been listening to, to, to this kind of music for such a long time to narrow it down to just five bands. It's just super difficult, uh, at least to me. I mean, uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do this. So we're going to start from number five and I'll go all the way to down, uh, go all the, go all the way to down, go all the way down to number one. Um, Mansoor, why don't you kick us off? All right, so I'm going to start with uh, Pink Floyd for number five. Nice. Uh, legendary band. You know, uh, I, I I grew up um, getting into that this kind of music through hard rock and then slowly building my way up to like more heavier styles of music. Uh, but when I was introduced to, to Pink Floyd, uh, it completely changed my perspective on what a good rock band can sound like. Uh, it was my sort of introduction to progressive rock. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the band, uh, 
just uh, completely blew my mind. And uh, with their level of musicianship, their, uh, you know, the, the, the level of intellect and everything like that that goes into the music. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon obviously was, uh, you know, the, the, my first introduction to Pink Floyd. And then I just, the, the rest is history. They made me into get into progressive rock, you know, other bands like uh, Rush and Genesis, and then you know onto progressive metal. So yeah, I mean, I didn't know that there was a world beyond the the conventional structure of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, whatever, and that type of uh, of, of style, but. Pink Floyd completely changed my perspective, so I appreciate them in that sense. Yeah, Mansour's top five, number five, top five band is Pink Floyd. All right, let's get into mine now. So uh, for me, my fifth top band of all time is going to be Mastodon. So uh, Mastodon is a uh, band that played a huge role in uh, in also my kind of musical upbringing and, and if and, and having my musical taste evolve a little bit as well. So I discovered them through a little number called Blood and Thunder off of the band of bands, uh, like second album, uh, Leviathan. And, uh, you know, back then, um, you know, I was really predominantly listening to new metal uh, and I didn't know that a band could be heavy, but without being uh you know death metal or being like into like this extreme kind of genre right so um just like listening to that opening riff of blood and thunder just made me fall in love immediately with them and then i started going through their discography um you know a friend of mine said you know what if you really like this song if you really like leviathan um uh you should check out remission and and then you know you know, especially March of the Fire Ants, right? And it's this huge, ugly, disgusting song with like this really sludgy, um, fuzzy kind of tones uh, that also at the same time goes into this big, huge melodic uh, element. Um, uh, and then from there, you know, Maston is also obviously a band that kind of, you know, releases uh, concept albums. Um, you know, Blood Mountain uh, was one of the greatest albums of all time. Leviathan was one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, and then, forget it, Crack the Sky, like going into like this prog rock uh, kind of uh, sound. Um, really um, amazing record, amazing band. And that's why they're on my, uh, they're fifth on my top five uh, albums of all time or bands of all time. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I love, I love Mastodon, especially the first five albums. Uh, they, they came at the right time when, when new metal was kind of starting to fizzle out. You know, I wanted to hear at the times really good modern metal that wasn't new metal. Uh, and they, I think, I, I'll say, you know, in, in each decade, there's, there's the one band that, that carries the flag for metal. For me in the 2000s, it was definitely Mastodon. I, I've seen them a couple of times live, and it's always been a great experience. The first time was at Desert Rock, but I've, I've seen them in other yeah. places, and they just they put on an amazing show. 
to me, they're, you know, uh, I, I love how they, their sound evolved. Although the, the last maybe two albums, I'm not really into. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I loved, I loved Mastodon and especially uh, Bron Daler, his drumming style completely changed my perspective on what, you know, a good <clears throat> uh, metal drumming should sound like. Because I, I remember at the time, everybody was into like, you know, playing super fast in the form of blast beats. That was a thing, you know, especially, in the, you know, the tech, the, the people that were around me, that was what they were into. But when uh, Ron Daler stepped in, he was playing all these weird drum patterns in a very fast way, in a very um, creative way. So, yeah, I just love Mastodon. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the drumming that stands out. He's basically... Like the way he described it, his, uh, he was basically a guitarist playing drums. So like he was basically playing fills and drums that go with the guitars. So that, that's why it's like kind of crazy and it's all over the place and, and, and almost like playing along with the guitars. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, it's a, Mastodon is number five because, you know, they're a great example of a band that with every record, their sound has evolved in a really awesome and good way. And they always they always bring, they bring the goods like you a new record comes out you know that it's going to be good unfortunately i do agree with you the records after crack the sky um have not been really uh, my favorite and i have not really been paying close attention to them i mean you can make an argument that emperor of sand was a good record um uh, but uh, but they're not you know after crack the sky uh, they kind of, you know, uh, kind of fell off my radar a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, my number five uh, band of all time. All right, Mansoor, what's your number four? Number four, uh, I'm going to go with Pantera. Oh. Uh, Pantera is, uh, I, I would have to say, maybe maybe my, my all-time favorite metal band. Um you know, Dimebag is my guitar hero. Uh, you know, his style is just, I find, very unique. Although you can tell, of course, who his influences were. You know, Randy Rhodes, Eddie Van Halen, those guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Pantero, I said, you know, Mastodon was a band that carried the flag in the 2000s. Uh, Pantera, definitely the band that did that in the 90s uh you know the, the the groove metal style there you can make an argument that they were the the pioneers of that sound although uh there's a debate in the metal world that maybe it was a band called x order but i don't want to get into that uh pantera perfected that sound uh you know they came at the at a time when arguably metal was uh becoming less it was starting to become uncool in the 90s alternative and grunge was taking over, but Pantera never compromised. They only be, they stuck to their guns throughout. They they you know became even less commercial with each album. Um, you know the their songs were were fun to listen to. They were they were very energetic at moments, kind of dark, maybe depressing theme theme thematically. Uh, but yeah, they were awesome, man. I mean, 
just the the the, the tightness of, of the of the rhythm section Vinny Paul's amazing drumming yeah. uh Phil's great vocals from like those yeah you know that hardcore style of harsh vocals to you know uh singing in those high kind of Rob Halford-esque type of uh, uh vocals on Cowboys from Hell uh yeah I mean so much to say about them and uh, you can definitely hear their influence in every band that came afterwards yeah i think they've influenced so many bands it's hard not to hear a bit of pantera in every band modern metal band yeah no absolutely i mean i'll tell you something like dimebags playing has been a few a huge influence on Every guitarist probably <laughs> yeah. that grew that grew up during that era, and you know those pinch harmonics, his signature like pinch harmonics uh, playing that that was a huge influence on a lot of people. Hugely influential band, um, amazing amazing uh, ability to write groovy catchy metal songs. Um, yeah, like I, I, can't, I can't say anything more. I can't add anything more to that. Pantera are hugely influential and one of the best metal bands of all time. Yeah, let me just uh, start. Uh, let me just end it by saying uh, when we're talking about Pantera, I guess you can safely assume that we're talking about the 90s stuff. I mean, yeah, we're not, not going to be talking about the hair metal. I mean, the hair when metal you said they're not compromising. <laughs> when you said they don't compromise their sound, I was like, hey, they compromise a little, dude. They went from hair metal to metal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They went from tight spandex to to tattoos and like shaving their heads and 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 yeah. dyeing their beards red. <laughs> yeah, no, not the hair metal stuff, dude. <laughs> okay, oh, all right. So let's get into my number four uh, band here, uh, and it is Tool. Uh, Tool is my four uh, my fourth uh, top five band. Um, I don't know what else I can. Say. I don't know what else to say here. Um, you know, the first time I was exposed to Tool was a lateralist and it just how Pink Floyd was your, uh, you know, opening ground to kind of exploring prog rock and like these big songs and, you know, uh, opening your mind to like a different type of metal and rock. Lateralist did that for me. Uh, at that point I was just listening to maybe like, I don't, I can't remember even, but it's like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Maybe, um, maybe Metallica, obviously, you know, things like that. New metal, a lot of new metal, obviously. And then a band like Tool comes along and you buy that album and it's like this weird conceptual album and the album artwork is like this weird transparent thing that you open up and it's, and, and, and it just opens your eyes to this world that, you know, music can be conceptual and there can be like a, a huge story behind it, but it also can be very well written and very catchy, uh, technical, proggy, whatever you want to call it. Um, they've released some of the best and catchiest songs of all time while also being technically proficient. So this is a huge uh, kind of uh, achievement for me because usually sometimes when you write something that's really technical, you know, the the writing, the catchiness, or the um, the musicality of it gets thrown behind a little bit. But Tool is one of those bands that were able to, that are always able to achieve like those two things together. Um, and while their last record might have not hit home for me, I really did not enjoy that record in particular. 
but everything, everything that they have released uh, before that has been a kind of a hit for me. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoy those records. And for that reason, you know, I mean, Maynard's vocals, uh, Adam's like kind of subtle guitar playing, um, the bass, uh, the way the, you know the 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 way how important the bass is and how uh, an important aspect of the music structure it is, and of course, Danny's drumming. Like this is a huge aspect of what makes a Tool to what it is today. Um, I mean, other than the the the, the storytelling and the thematic uh, and the, the lyrics and the themes, which are very interesting and very important. Anyways, I got nothing else to add more to this uh, Tool. Hugely influential and one of the most important bands to me. What's your favorite Tool album? Oh, <clears throat> it's really hard to say. Anima, um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say Anima is my favorite. Undertow is really good. Um, Lateralis, I would say maybe Lateralis. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say Lateralis. Maybe it's not the most popular choice, but Lateralis is... is an amazing record it's such a well-written and yeah. thematically and just everything everything about the record is just almost perfect awesome yeah I'm, I'm a huge tool fan myself i love that band for all the reasons that you've mentioned uh you know very forward thinking band very unique you know band and for me Ten Thousand days was you know my favorite it's my favorite tool album uh I, I i love songs like the bot and, and jambai all those kind of songs but yeah also their other work um again the, i i love the effort that goes into the visuals as well as the music you know they they obviously don't take anything for for granted in, in that sense uh yes just like you i was a bit disappointed with their last album but there's the one song on the album that the closing track tempest is just mind-blowing it's insane from just start to finish. It's like, uh, what, 13, 13 minutes on or something like that. It's yeah. Absolute trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Justin Chancellor, one of my favorite bass players. Uh, yeah. I mean, fantastic band. Just yeah. legends in my opinion. They're one of the first bands that blew my mind by the fact that in their video clips, you, you don't see the band playing. And uh, it was always like the the importance of the visual aspect and having all these weird stop motion animation and um, claymation in some cases and acting and all of that stuff. Um, I mean, hugely, hugely um, uh, fascinating and was hugely important to me as well because I didn't know, like it created like that also uh, and like a kind of a mystery around the band as well. Uh, growing up listening to them and seeing their video clips on TV uh, before there was like a strong presence of the internet, you know. And in any case, amazing band, my number four pick. What's your number three, Mansoor? Okay, number three. And I'm going to go with Pearl Jam. Uh, so far, I'm, your I'm... list has been all classics. So you're making up for my yeah. lack of classics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I grew up uh, a big fan of... of grunge music and i put that in quotation marks because you know i i don't feel like the all the grunge bands sound the same i don't know if there's a, a grunge sound but that's a debate for another time but in any case i love pearl jam i love every album they put out uh, i've been listening to them since the 90s 
uh, Ten, their magnum opus, is obviously a, a classic, but they've also had many other, uh, you know, great albums. Uh, to me, it's, it's uh, you know, they did not stick to one sound. They've always, they've grown, they've evolved, they've, uh, yeah, they, 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 they put out constantly, you know, just great music throughout. Uh, Eddie's voice is awesome, is amazing. Uh, they're not, they might not be the most uh, technically proficient, you know, band, but that's why, you know, I enjoy them because of their uh, simplicity, but they're very skilled musicians, obviously. Jeff Amen, uh, you know, is an underrated bass player, in my opinion. Uh, Dave Abruzzesi, who played on uh, uh, Versus and, and Vitalogy, is an amazing drummer, and as well as Matt Cameron, who plays for uh, Soundgarden. Yeah, uh, I just, I, I love the fact that, you know, uh, on, their, uh, on many of their albums, the band did not, uh, so they, they became popular during the MTV era when yeah. bands had to release music videos in order to become popular, you know, through MTV and those kind of channels. But Pearl Jam, uh, from Versus onward, refused to do that. They decided to, to stick more to things like uh, radio and live shows until maybe yeah. Yield when they released a, a music video, which was like an animated music video. So to me, that was a very, very very bold move and a, a very honest move on their part. Uh, and especially when it comes to the live, live music part, uh, I love how on every tour since 2000, what they do is uh, after every tour, they release those live shows, you know, on, on, through, on digital format or CDs. Uh, I love how they do that uh, as a way to, to give fans, you know, quality recordings of their live concerts. Uh, they're very much uh, following like the, the Grateful Dead type of uh, school of, of music distribution. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate that about their, uh, their music and their, their artwork. A lot of effort goes into their, the way they, they package their, their albums, the artwork, the sleeve and everything. Sure. So great band. Um, so here's what's interesting. I'm not the biggest Pearl Jam fan. Like I wouldn't say, when I say that, I mean, I don't follow them. Like I, I only know one record. However, that one record, 10, is hugely, hugely influential. And it's one of my, probably if I've made a list of top 10 albums, it's gonna be there. Uh, so that's what's funny is that I don't really actively listen and like Pearl Jam that much, but that record, I, you know, I cannot, Tell you the number of times i've had that record on repeat such good songs on that record from back from front to back um and you know songs yeah. like jeremy and black and uh, even um well even even flow um are really good so yeah great pick man absolutely my third band on this list is nails uh nails is a mm -hmm. super heavy grindcore um well, they're a like okay, so they are just a grindcore um, uh, band. Uh, that's the sound that they have. But you know, people usually describe them as a grindcore or heavy punk band with a lot of uh, death metal influence as well. 
they are one of those bands that also popularized the use or the reuse of the HM2 heavy metal boss pedal, right? That we talked about in the news. Mm-hmm. But uh, in any case, um, I instantly fell in love with this band when I first the the when I heard their record um, "You Will Never Be One of Us." Um, the record is not particularly long, right? And their songs are not particularly long. That record clocks in at I want to say like what thirty minutes, uh, yeah, maybe even less. Um, but they are so good at what they do, and I love listening to every record that they have. Um, they just write good music. I'll just say what the lead singer described his music, like the way in an interview he was talking about his music. Basically, he said, our songs are short, and the way we write music is that we take the best parts. You know how sometimes you, there's a song that you really like that you might like only like a certain part of it, like there's a part of it that really gets good, uh, yeah. and you can't wait to get to that part. Basically, that's what they did. They just took all the good parts of whatever songs that they like or, or whatever they like to write, and they just kept that kept it as a song, so no filler at all. All their songs are just the best things that they've written, <laughs> and they just put it out there. In any case, full of energy, very aggressive, very heavy albums, um, and they're on my they're three on my list because they played a huge influence on me on getting into hardcore and or just you know basically getting my getting me into grindcore, hardcore, and punk uh, uh, scene. So, for sure, um, the third favorite band of all time. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Nails, You'll Never Be One of Us, incredible album. Uh, they do cut out a lot of the fat from their music, and you end up just listening to just great music from start to finish. I, I, I love their, their brand of, of, like, very aggressive, very heavy music. Uh, and, you know, whenever... I listen to bands who try to to do that kind of music; they fall flat. But Nails just—it's just an just incredible band. Yeah. What is your uh, third favorite band, Mansoor? Yeah. Sorry, I mean, you, I think you mean second. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, your second favorite. We're, band. we're down to two. All right. Yeah. So my second favorite band, uh, again, uh, in the grunge scene, Soundgarden. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm a huge Soundgarden fan. I think Chris Cornell is the greatest singer ever. Uh, you know, his he's just a legend. I'm, I'm so sad that he's obviously uh, he's gone. Actually, I think yesterday or two days ago was the anniversary of his death. Uh, really saddened by that. But in any case, Soundgarden. Uh, yeah, I, I I love how you know if you each and every album sounds different, uh, but they're all great. I mean, the first album is a bit of an acquired taste, but from the second album, Ultra Mega OK onwards, all those albums I just loved. Um, Chris Cornell has uh, the most powerful voice in rock, whether he's singing in, in, a, in a very melodic way or screaming his head off. Uh, you know, he, he, he's just uh, has an amazing voice. Uh, you know, and, and songs like, uh, to me, like what uh, uh, Beyond the Wheel, uh, New Damage, you know, just pay attention to his singing on those songs. It's just amazing. And I don't know if there's any singer who can uh, sing like that, uh, 
since Chris came. I mean, there are some who try to sing like Chris Cornell. There are many great singers out there, obviously, but to me, he was the best. Um, as well, Soundgarden are known for their odd time signatures in their songs and their uh, unconventional tunings in, the, in their music. But when you listen to them, you don't really notice. Maybe you might not notice it if you're, if you're a casual listener. Uh, and that's just the power of their music because it sounds very catchy, very accessible, but they're, they're playing around with those odd time signatures and those different alternative uh, tunings. Uh, Matt Cameron, amazing drummer, uh, not a very straightforward rock drummer. Even, you know, when he drums for Pearl Jam, sometimes I feel like his style is a bit dry uh, because it's more straightforward. But on Soundgarden, that's where he really shines. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, last I think on the last episode, you mentioned how <clears throat> when you saw Sum 41, their singer, uh, sorry, not their singer, their guitarist, guitarist Dave yeah. Buksh, he's of, uh, I think, uh, South Asian origin. Uh, for me, it was Soundgarden because Kim Thiel is of Indian origin, and when I uh, my, that was my first you know exposure to the possibility of uh, you know metal bringing people together from different backgrounds. And in the beginning, they had like uh, uh, an Asian bass player as well, Hiro Yamamoto, uh, but then he left and he was replaced by uh, another bass player who's also incredible, Ben Shepard. Um, but yeah. Uh, Soundgarden, that's my third, oh, sorry, second favorite band. Yeah. All right, great. No, I completely uh, completely understand your pick there. And um, yeah, Mansour's second pick, Soundgarden. Let's move on to my second pick here. And uh, I, I get the sense it's a band that you like as well. I don't know how much you like them because you always talk about them as well. I noticed that you named and dropped their, their name a lot. So my second pick, Intronaut. So mm. Intronaut. Intronaut is a hugely, hugely um, uh, influential band on me uh, as a prog metal, uh, prog sludge metal uh, band. Um, the yeah. first, my, my, you know, my, the way I was exposed to them or my first exposure to them was their record, uh, Valley of Smoke. Um, mm-hmm. And that is one of the best records uh, I've heard. And again, uh, so the, the thing that did this, re- this record did for me or that band did for me when I first exposed, was exposed to that album was that, oh, you know, you realize that you could be heavy but slow at the same time and you can write like these big melodic parts as well that go along with these sludgy, heavy, slow uh, kind of uh, 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 parts. Um, and then from there, like they keep with every record that they release, their sound changes, you know, slightly changes. You can't say that, oh, they, you know, they become something completely different and they experiment with different sounds. They don't, but there is a slight variation in the sound and they, and they keep getting tighter and more focused and it just gets better and better. Um, I guess for me, if I, would, I was to pick a, it would be really hard for me to pick my favorite record for them, but the, the direction of last things, it's probably like one of the best records. Like if we make a top five albums of all time, that album would be definitely there. Uh, the Direction of yeah. Last Things is one of the best records of all time that you can listen to. Um, big melodic parts, heavy parts. Um, this record has everything. 
and it's just so pleasant to listen to. I don't know if the vocals is for everyone, but I'm really into the vocals. I really love the the vocal style uh, on their records. But mm. again, if you're listening to Intronaut, you're listening to it for the instrumentation, you're listening to these big proggy elements, um, you're listening to big melodic elements. Um, they're super technical when it comes to their time signature. The drumming is one of the best, like the drumming on their records Absolutely. is some of the, the best. I think that they have the drummer of, of Cynic, right? They're, they're, they? Or currently, currently they have like as a session drummer or someone who records with them and who goes live with them is the drummer mm -hmm. from Cynic. Um, okay. But whoever did the drumming for it, it's amazing, mind blowing stuff. Um, yeah. And and I know, I know that I mentioned the favorite that oh you know the direction of last light things is the the best record, but all their records are amazing. Even the last record, the released fluid ex mm -hmm. fluid existential inversions, is an amazing amazing record, um, and you would not go wrong if you just go and pop that record in just to listen to what Intronaut sounds like because it really yeah. embodies them. It is again they keep getting better, they keep getting more focused, and their songs sound better. Um, huge influence on me. And you know, and and the last thing I'll say as well is um, their guitarist Sasha Dunable is also like um, a great example of someone who um, you know is a musician, but also like thinks about how to diversify. And he's an entrepreneur. He has his own like guitar store, and he makes his own. He has his own guitar brand called Dunable, and they make uh, some of the most beautiful instruments that I've seen. Um, very subtle, but at the same time, very well built. Um, um, and you know they're gaining a lot of popularity. A lot of bands are using their guitars. So everyone from Russian Circles, Primitive Man, even big bands like Devil. Um, what's the name of the band? Devil Wears Prada. The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, that you know they're usually huge metalcore band. They use their guitars. So, mm. Intronaut. I don't know. Second that. favorite band of all time. Oh, amazing. I, I love Intronaut. Uh, my first introduction to them was the, the album Prehistoricisms when it came out. It just completely blew me away. I mean, uh, at the time, I was kind of not listening to, to many of the harsher kind of uh, super heavy stuff, but I think that they brought me back to it uh, because they used a lot of harsh vocals and, and, and you know, crazy heavy style of playing on those earlier albums but that album was just amazing and to me you know i have this thing where i love when the closing track is the best track on the album mm. uh, the closing <laughs> track on that album is like a 16 minute instrumental song that i just love it's insane it's called uh, the reptilian brain ah, uh, but yeah. even the, the other songs on the album were just so great with like they're very atmospheric, very melodic in some sense, but also extremely heavy. And, and it's, it's just a good balance of all of those aspects. Um, but yeah, I, and even the follow-up album to that, Valley of Smoke, had some pretty good moments on there. I loved it. Um, their last album, Fluid Existential Inversions, uh, was my pandemic album, actually. It, okay. it came out at the height of the pandemic when... When I was stuck at home and I was listening to it nonstop, I yeah. loved it, man. It's it's just it's a yeah, fantastic. That, 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 that opening album. riff in uh, Cubenesis, Cubenesis. Yeah, <sighs> I just love that. Yeah, yeah. Even the clo the closing track on that album is is just fantastic. That was a highlight of that album. Yeah, 
Great yeah, no, they, they intronaut, like, I don't like to use the word perfect, but they're almost perfect at getting that blend of ambience, melody, and mm -hmm. heaviness. Like, they're just so good at blending those things. And again, they write really long songs, like you mentioned. Like, they have 17-minute songs, 10-minute songs, but they're not a chore. They're not a chore to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unlike the ocean. <laughs> We have five-minute songs that are so boring and are really yeah. like annoying to listen to. In any case, yeah. Intronaut, my second favorite. All right, we're getting down to number one here. I'm really excited <laughs> to hear your number one. <laughs> yeah, drum roll. I'm really excited to hear your number one, Mansoor. Uh, number one, I'd have to say uh, Led Zeppelin. Drum roll. Let's, ah, sorry. <laughs> I was going to do a drum roll. Anyways, okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I love Led Zeppelin. Um, you know, you know, to, to me, they're just a, a legendary band and they're legends for a reason. I think every album of theirs is great, except for the last one. Um, they, they, they've done like, straightforward rock and roll songs, no pun intended. They've done, uh, they can write epic tunes very experimental songs, you know, uh, fo very folksy, uh, you know, acoustic songs, even, uh, you know, some of the ballads. They're just, I don't know, they, they, they managed to write, like, uh, amazing music in, in, every, in all those different styles. They're not, a, they're very bold and when it comes to experimentation, you know, their live performances, everything, you know, um, I think Robert Plant is one of the greatest singers ever with his vocal range and his, his singing style. Sometimes it's not for everyone, and I can understand that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, their music can be beautiful. It could be very dark. It could be very, uh, you know, experimental. Uh, they didn't stick to one sound. You know, they've done the straightforward bluesy rock type of uh, classic rock sound, but they've also ventured into more progressive uh, sounds so yeah uh, i love john uh john pa john paul jones the bass player i don't think he gets enough credit as a bass player and obviously john bonham the drummer who's known who was just uh one of the more aggressive drummers during his time uh yeah jimmy page also a legendary guitarist the, okay uh if they they're a bit controversial for you know stealing uh, some ideas and not or not giving credit to uh, you know some of the musicians whom they 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 borrowed music from but and I, I kind of agree with that, that 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 you know they shouldn't have done that but uh, nonetheless I think they're very original I think they're just an amazing band I'm, I'm glad to have seen uh robert plant live uh, during desert rock when yep. he came to when he came to debate that was an amazing performance so yeah led zeppelin awesome yeah i mean again no denying like the man the bands that you're mentioning um are quite uh influential and important and there's no denying what their their the influence that they have played all right so my number one pick do you mind give me a drum roll, please? And my, and my number one is... Converge. 
Ooh. All right. Yeah. So Converge is my all-time favorite band. Um, I basically have not stopped listening to that band since I've uh, I've, I've, um, I've discovered them. Um, you know, a lot of the maybe a lot of the bands that I've mentioned in my list. Um, you know, you know, I might drop off and not listen to them for a while and then come back to them. But Converge is one of those bands that I'm at least listening to their one of their songs or something like that at least once a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Since I've discovered them. So um, there's a couple of things to unpack here. I mean, Converge for me, um, I've discovered them from yeah, pretty late, actually. Their album, uh, well, you know, they, they have a long history of being early pioneers of the metalcore uh, genre. Hmm. from that Boston area, apparently. So I'm not a historian, but this is what I keep hearing. And with the, this is what I know, is that apparently like metalcore, the genre, uh, as it was known back then, was basically what it is. Metal with hardcore influences, okay? Um, it's not this flavor of metal that we know today as bands like As I Lay Dying and Trivium and um, I don't know who else, like these kind of different bands like uh, The Devil Wears Prada and stuff like that, you know? Um, mm. Back then, it was, if you listen to the early Converge records, that's, that's, that was what metalcore was. Um, and then, you know, it evolved and changed and, you know, became what it is uh, in the early 2000s and so on. Um, I've so to that point, I discovered them late. I discovered them during uh, a much later era during their time, uh, which was during the No Heroes era. Mm. But that record blew my mind. Um, first of all, Jacob's vocals... To me, like I've never heard such harsh vocals like that before um, that are basically nonsensical and just like just loud screaming and shouting um, that felt like another instrument at this point. It didn't feel like it was vocals. It just felt like another sonic instrument that just adds to the uh, overall um, songs. Um, and then later I discovered that they released an album called Jane Doe, which was a huge popular release and yeah. considered by many um, for many reasons um, as one of the most influential and best metalcore albums of all time just because of the production quality just because of the sonic quality of that album and what they were able to achieve and the you know influence that it played um, regardless for me converge are the number one album for not just for those reasons just for their influence but because of the quality of the music and the albums that they have released so axe axe to fall um uh the dusk in us um you know all we love we leave behind um, just um, you fail me um, these are all great records and i cannot if you ask me to pick one i cannot because they're all like they all bring different things. So again, Converge is one of those bands like Mastodon with every record. They bring something new. Although like by and large, it's a punk, metalcore, hardcore band. But, you know, there's a different flavor to each record and a different sound. Mm -hmm. um, to top all of this, uh, Kurt Ballou is uh, the guitarist on, in this band. He's been producing all of their efforts. And he is a producer as well and a mixing engineer that has produced and mixed a lot of my favorite sounding records of all time. So Nails, for example, um, You'll Never Be One of Us, it has been produced by Kurt Ballou. Um, mm. And uh, I believe outside of his work in Converge, he's a huge influence as well on the metal scene and the hardcore scene and the punk scene and a huge influence on me. So 
it's just so many angles and so many things uh, from this band. It's just it's not just the music. It's also the different band members and their role on influencing my musical taste and me as a person, as Muzaj, as someone as well who's trying to be a music engineer and who loves uh, the you know being a music producer and and doing this stuff. Their last mm. record to me kind of not my favorite record of at all like blood moon it's great it's a great experimentation there you know but i look forward to the second one uh but it was a little bit disappointing i guess um otherwise yeah converge my number one pick well very cool choice um i i can't say much about converge other than that the only the only because the only album that i'm familiar with was uh, jane doe yeah uh, that was, uh, you know, that's a very, very good album. It's a very solid album from start to finish. Uh, I can definitely ha- see how they shaped uh, the genre afterwards, how there a lot of bands t- sort of uh, take from them. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely Kurt Ballou, legendary producer as well. Uh, I have to, now I feel more uh, compelled to, to, to listen to their other work honestly uh i don't know why i didn't uh, pay much attention to them after jane doe but yeah that's a great album uh excellent choice i would say a bit underrated they should they do deserve more recognition just for their influence i guess yeah i guess um it's kind of interesting i i mean I, I yeah they maybe maybe in our scene and like in the middle east maybe or something like that they don't get enough recognition but i feel like people who are in the hardcore and punk scene completely recognize converge and know their influence i mean if oh, you yeah. go on reddit if you go on reddit uh, the metalcore reddit uh, yeah. uh page literally the thumbnail that is is the jane doe um album cover so mm. If you go to the metalcore Reddit, it's the Jane Doe album. So they people like in the metalcore, hardcore, and punk scene do recognize Converge. But you're right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, maybe they don't get um, enough recognition. Um, and yeah, definitely, if you like Jane Doe, then yeah, you know, I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on the next albums that they have released and um, and, and uh, your thoughts on them. I would recommend go to Axe to Fall. Axe to Fall is definitely like you cannot fail. Uh, if you go listen to that record, it's so it has it has Steve Von Till in it from uh, Neurosis mm. on a beautiful track. It has Gangastron. It has it has a, it has interesting guest appearances, and the the songs also vary from being like this math metal punk kind of crazy Dillinger Escape Plan soundings things to just pure metal sounding to pure punk to just fantastic band and fantastic records. Could not recommend them enough to anyone, and my top pick of all time. Awesome, awesome. All right, so, now we're done with our top five. Do you want to go quickly through your uh, to your to your uh, uh, honorable mentions? Uh, so many, so many to mention. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just say uh, honorable mentions. These are the bands that I love, uh, and I've loved for for the longest time. Uh, Deftones, Iron Maiden, Tool, Mastodon, Killing Joke, Caius, uh, Rush, Fear Factory. Some of the more recent ones, like uh, All Them Witches, is a band that oh, I really, really like. I love uh, All Them Witches. King Gizzard, fantastic yeah. bands. King Buffalo, uh, more on the contemporary side. Maybe Nirvana, Jimi Hendrix, all those kind of bands. 
there's a lot to mention, honestly. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, okay, so I'll go quickly through my list as well here, and I'll mention very quickly a little bit why I, I yeah, something Sorry. a little bit of a one more Primus. Uh, Primus, yeah, okay, yeah, you did mention last time in our, in one of the episodes how much you like them. Um, okay, so uh, the first on my list here is Sixth. Sixth is a, 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 a if you don't know who Sixth is. Shame on you. You should go listen to them now. If you like bands like Periphery and like if you like all these new prog metal bands like Animals as Leaders and Periphery and all of that, go listen to Sixth. Uh, Then, of course, the Dillinger Escape Plan, uh, Every Time I Die, The Contortionist, one of the best, best prog metal, modern prog metal bands. And and they released like a top um, album of all time. If we do that list one day, they're going to be definitely on it. Protest the Hero. Huge, huge influence on me and one of the best bands of all time as well. The Red Chord, The Black Dahlia Murder, Nocturnal, top five album of all time. He is Legend, one of the best, catchiest metalcore, southern metalcore bands of all time. Definitely worth listening to. Alexis on Fire, post-hardcore, post-punk, whatever you want to call them, but one of the best bands of all time. And then finally, Knocked Loose, one of my favorite all-time modern hardcore bands. Uh, Definitely worth listening to and checking out. Um, Amazing. And with and yeah, and with that, our top five and honorable mentions are done. That's a wrap on our fourth episode here of the anti anti shuffle anti anti shuffle podcast. The anti shuffle podcast. Anti shuffle podcast. These these choices are subject to change, <laughs> at least on my part. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean. More. I mean, yeah. Tell us. Like, I mean, it would be great if you guys mention in your comments if you agree with our topics. If you uh, if you think they suck, if you think they should have added other bands, if, uh, you know, whatever. Just tell us what do you think. Maybe even tell us your top five bands of all time. Exactly. Uh, so we can have a conversation exactly. about that. Um, uh, but with that, uh, thank you for sticking around and thank you for listening to us. Um, if you have any comments, emails, um, if you have emails, if you have any comments or suggestions, uh, or if you're a band with a demo, or if you want to sing, uh, if you're a band with any kind of interesting piece of news, Please remember that you can email us or direct message us, uh, but always best to reach us by email, hate.mail at antishuffle.com. That is hate.mail at antishuffle.com. Um, or you can also feel free to DM us on, our all social, on all of our social media platforms at antishufflepod. That's one word, at antishufflepod. Uh, please remember to subscribe, like, and share. Tell all your friends and your metal communities. Tell your parents. Tell your aunties. Tell your grandma. Tell everybody about our podcast uh, and help us grow. Uh, and with that, it is a wrap. My name is Abdullah Mozej. With me as well as Mansoor. See you guys you. in the next episode. See you.